hacking of a Biden administration cabinet member's Microsoft email account has sparked a high-level government review of cloud security best practices in general. The Cyber Safety Review Board is just getting started on its exploration into that Microsoft incident. For the latest, Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Okay, so what's the board exactly going to do? What's its review mandate here, Justin? Yeah, this is going to look at the Microsoft incident, which occurred earlier this summer, as well as the broader targeting of cloud computing environments, as well as what government industry and cloud service providers should do to strengthen identity management and authentication in the cloud. And then once the board finishes up its review, they'll develop some recommendations that will help advance or hopefully help advance cybersecurity practices for both cloud computing customers and these big cloud service providers themselves. And this all stems from that Microsoft email incident earlier this summer. If folks don't remember, it involved suspected Chinese hackers using a stolen Microsoft key to forge access to the cloud-based email accounts, unclassified email accounts of Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, reportedly, as well as high-level State Department officials. It was a really targeted attack that took advantage of a weakness, really, in Microsoft's cloud environment. And there's more than one investigation into the same incident going on? Yeah, this has really been the federal uh, cybersecurity slow-burning uh, story of the summer. Uh, after it happened, you know, there was some initial reaction to tamp things down. And then and then Congress has stepped in, and they've launched multiple reviews into this incident as well. Uh, you know, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee has asked uh, government officials for more information on the incident. The uh, some some members of the Senate have as well. And actually, Oregon Democrat Senator Ron Wyden ha- has called on multiple agencies to investigate Microsoft over what he called, quote unquote, negligent cybersecurity practices in connection with this breach. So this really has has a lot of attention from, from both Congress and, and now the executive branch with this Cyber Safety Review Board investigation. And what are the federal cybersecurity folks themselves saying about all of this and about cloud security? Yeah, it's interesting. There, there was a, a big summit uh, last week hosted by FCW NextGov on identity. And this is one of the things that kept on coming up repeatedly is, you know, identity in the cloud, this Microsoft incident, and what steps uh, agencies should take going forward. Uh, for, the, for a long time, you know, officials have said, yes, the cloud will be more secure in many ways than our, than our legacy IT environments, but there are still some responsibilities, some things that we really have to work out and make sure that we, we do to secure our data in the cloud. Ken Bible is the Chief Information Security Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. He talked a little bit about identity in the cloud. Identity in the cloud has become kind of the new attack surface, as we've seen from some recent very high-profile cases. When we started to make this move towards these cloud-based services, it exposed that fact that uh, there was a potential soft spot there that could be taken advantage of. And I think we're still, you know, nugging our way through it. I don't, I think we're in a, a point of irreversible momentum in terms of moving and continuing the migration towards cloud-based capabilities. I think sometimes China has the United States in its hands like a giant cantaloupe probing for soft spots all over the place, as he alluded to. Well, are these federal cyber leaders doing anything about this? What are they doing to actually improve things or change things? Yeah, there's been a lot of work out of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency to develop some cybersecurity baselines for widely used cloud security products. This this, uh, comes under its Secure Cloud Business Applications, or SCUBA, project, as they call it. 
And they're actually in the process of finalizing the cloud security baselines for Microsoft 365 suite of products, which, of course, are used across agencies and organizations across the world. Grant Dasher is the architecture branch chief for the Office of the Technical Director at CISA. It's been a helpful tool for us to work with the agencies to try and make sure that they're implementing best practices in the cloud identity space. Agencies are in a whole spectrum of different places. You know, some have very robust, mature, existing identity infrastructure that they're continuing to expand and leverage. Others are, are sort of redoing things in a more greenfield approach. Different agencies are taking different directions, but we're trying to support and assist them in that journey and make significant progress towards these goals. And one way to make progress in cyber has been touted for many years, and that is widespread adoption of multi-factor authentication and maybe getting away from passwords. But so far, that's been more talk than action. What's the latest there, Justin? Yeah, this actually came out in the Cyber Safety Review Board's last review, the one that most recently wrapped up on uh, this lapsus criminal hacking group that really ran rampant in 2021 and 2022, taking advantage of SMS uh, codes that are pushed out to people and other sort of automated ways of hacking into people's um, accounts to pull off a lot of their hacks. Chris DeRussia is the Federal Chief Information Security Officer. He sits on the Cyber Safety Review Board. And during last week's Identity Summit, he really focused on getting to phishing-proof multi-factor authentication as a stronger form of, uh, of security. A report that we put out on Lapsus of like, it's time for everybody to move off of that SMS. Stuff is getting hacked by automated tools, folks. Got to move with alacrity towards phishing resistant MFA because it's just, it's driving without seatbelts, you know, and, and we shouldn't be doing that. That's right. We should not be doing that. So it's up to him to help get it started across government. What is the outcome of this investigation, the Cyber Review Board? Will they have specific recommendations and is Microsoft working with them in general? So with the Lapsus Review, they've come out with some recommendations for technology providers that presumably includes Microsoft to immediately begin transi transitioning away from using both text message and voice multi-factor authentication. And actually agencies, uh, based on the, the report's re uh, recommendations, will work with industry on some sort of secure authentication roadmap. So that's something to look out for here to get to a, quote unquote, world without passwords, which, as we mentioned, is, is a big goal and, and we're still far away off. And then the Microsoft review, you know, I, I think government has worked well with Microsoft on these things in the past. They're probably the biggest technology provider to government. And I think it's fair to say that they're going to be involved in this review. And it's it'll be interesting to see what they have in the form of recommendations for cloud security going forward. Yeah, world without passwords, as my grandmother would have said, we should live so long. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Thanks so much. You got it, Tom. And check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Everett Kelly, National President of the American Federation of Government Employees, joined Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to share how his upbringing in rural Alabama eventually propelled him to the forefront of thousands of union members raising a collective voice. After years of leadership with both the largest federal employee union and as a pastor, Everett Kelly reflects on his deep-rooted values of integrity and hard work. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today I'm joined by Mr. Everett Kelly, National President of the American 
Federation of Government Employees. Everett, welcome and thank you for being here. Shane, thank you. It's a pleasure mine. You first joined AFGE in 1981 during what eventually became your 30 years of service at Anniston Army Depot. We're now more than 40 years past 1981, and you've been the union's national president since 2020. How's your decades-long involvement with AFGE impacted the way you view your role now as the union's leader? The time that I spent as local president, I simultaneously spent that same time as a pastor in Alabama. I like to say that this was my training ground because as I was entering into the role of unionism, I was also entering into ministry. And so I see my role, even as the union leader, as ministry. It's never an understatement because this is what I believe. I believe that if you love people and show people that you love them, people will follow you. My business is in the business of growing people, uh, and that's what I do. And And I think that my training as a pastor and as a union uh, leader has given me the ability to really, you know, uh, grow people because I feel like that, you know, it's my responsibility both as a union leader and as a pastor to ensure that people have a livable wage. It's also uh, my responsibility to ensure that people are treated fair with dignity and respect on the job. And I think that goes in both uh, arenas. So, so I've seen this, you know, as ministry, as I've grown through the four decades of leading people. Putting those two together is amazing. AFGE handles a massive array of issues and topics of importance to feds across many departments and agencies. What is it like being at the forefront of all those moving parts, and how do you manage it all? Well, first of all, let me give kudos to my staff, okay? Uh, Because it's just no way that I could manage all of this work and all the moving parts by myself. But I have an excellent staff that always make sure that I'm prepared and that I'm ready. But it's exciting. It's exciting to be out in the forefront, you know, uh, bringing people to the realization that they have something to fight for. But again, I cannot, and please understand when I say I cannot, it's, it's, it's what I truly believe. I cannot do it without a good, strong staff. Uh, and I tell anybody that, but I enjoy fighting for the cause. I enjoy standing in front of a group of AFG members, calling them to action, and then standing back and watching that action come to fruition. Because I know that I'm not the one that's doing it, okay? They're the one that's doing it. I'm merely casting a vision, right? And I enjoy casting a vision and then watching that vision come to fruition. And it's the staff and the members that get that done. As CEO at, at WEPA, I completely and totally understand that we rely on them. It's not Absolutely. just nice to have. We rely on Absolutely. them. Absolutely. As AFGE president, you often speak at union rallies and other events widely attended by federal employees. What's it like to experience that direct connection to employees? And how does that influence your leadership style? You know, that gets me excited, okay? To be standing in front of a group of AFGE leaders get me excited. To hear the words, who are we? And the chants that come back that says AFGE gets me excited. It gets my motor uh, running, if you will. And it's exciting to look at them 
and see the motivation in their faces when they're fighting for a cause. And, and, and all of us come together and fight uh, in solidarity, fight as one, raise one voice. You can't explain the feeling. You just know that it's right. You know, I just know that it's right when I'm standing there and I feel this. And I never fail to say thank you again because I'm the one that merely casts division. They are the ones that get the work done. And so when I see them out there ready to go and that call to action goes out, and then I see them really begin to march on that uh, initiative. It's an energy that I cannot explain. I can explain it. I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> um, the, Describe how your personal background and upbringing folds into how you function as a leader. You know, understanding that I was born in the Deep South. I was born in a little small town in Goodwater, Alabama, population 1,292 today. Born to parents that, and I hope I don't offend anybody, and I've got to quit saying this, but, but I was born to a set of parents that believed and trusted in God. And that began to establish who I was. I began to trust God myself in everything that I do. I, I trust God even in this situation as a union leader because my parents taught me to believe in uh, the Bible. And with that came do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. In other words, treat people right. Treat people with respect, right? Do what's right. It taught me, you know, about integrity, right? It taught me about being honest, you know, and that's what's needed in the role of a leader of this union. It's it's needed. uh, And, you know, I try to portray that. I try to portray a person of honesty and a person of integrity. And so being in the deep South, you know, you you, you just learn those things. And that's what has helped me uh, throughout my path as a union leader. And it's always nice that whole approach because you don't have multiple approaches with different people or different sets of different tasks, different energy. It's, it's always straightforward, yes. honest, here's the truth. Yes. And it, it's, it's easy. Yes. Right? Yes. It's a lot easier than having multiple personas. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What's one piece of advice, if you could go back and tell yourself when you were starting your career? You know, I don't know you asked for one, but I'm, I'm going to have to elaborate on two, yeah, if that's yeah. okay. Number one, I would explain the urgency of integrity a lot sooner than what I did, right? Because to me, integrity is not necessarily what you see others do or what others see you do. But integrity to me is what you do even when no one is looking. And so I I would really begin to stress that importance more so at an earlier state in my leadership role rather than the latter part. Okay. I, I begin to stress that more now, but I wish I had began to do that more at the earlier states in my uh, role. Secondly, I would tell myself to always, and I'm going back to my roots, always work hard and don't ever accept no as an answer, right? Because I just believe that if you want it bad enough, if you want to achieve it, you can it's all about the amount of work you put into it, right? And the and the amount of faith you have that it can be accomplished. So when I look at AFGE and its membership and where we were four or five years ago and where we are today, that's a reminder that you can do whatever 
you want to do if you put your mind to it and work hard enough. And one question that's always kind of interesting at, at the end of our time together is, is there one person, you mentioned your parents before, mm-hmm. um, is there one person or maybe more than one who really inspired you when you were younger that you might even think back on today? It was my grandmother, you know, with the understanding that when and when I was born, right, as I said, I was born in the Deep South. My father worked extremely hard. We didn't have a whole lot. You know, my, I had 12 siblings. And so when I was born, I was very sick. Matter of fact, the doctor said I wouldn't live to be 16 years old. The doctor said I wouldn't ever hold a job. But my grandmother would always teach me how to pray. And she taught me about faith. And it is prayer and faith that has allowed me to be standing here today. Suppose I've been dead 50 years ago, but I'm 66 years old now. And it's all because of my faith and my belief and my prayer life. And I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Amazing story. Thank you for sharing all of it with us, Everett. And really appreciate you being on the show today. Pleasure is mine. And this is Shane Canfield. We'll see you next time on Lessons in Leadership. Find the full podcast and future episodes of Lessons in Leadership on the Federal News Network app and anywhere you enjoy your podcasts.